If you're a service-based business owner and you are not thinking about the time it takes for you to do your work versus how many people are going to be getting it and whether it matches what value you're doing and adding to people's lives, then this is the podcast for you. I am talking about price positioning and how it relates to the size of your audience and the amount of time you put into it. Plus, I'm giving you three different options for agency models for those of you that work with clients in a B2B setting. It doesn't have to be a marketing agency, just working with people in a group or individually that you're talking to. We've got three different ways of, of pricing that or seeing those offers. So step back, have a listen, have a think, reflect with me, your host, Rachel Claver, marketing coach and strategist, helping you become more confident in your marketing so that you know how to do it for your business better. Now, before we jump into today, I do want to say, come along to one of my free content marketing workshops if you're living in New Zealand. They are across New Zealand. Just Google event um, on Eventbrite, just search for Identify Marketing and they'll come up. They're around New Zealand and they're free or grab the link in the show notes to come along. I'd love to see you at one of them. And if you have come from the podcast, do tell me. I'm terribly awkward when you come up and tell me you listen to stuff, but I'll love you for it. I'll love you for it. Okay, let's get started thinking about pricing, positioning, and value. Welcome. This is Mibbit Marketing, and I'm your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Hello and welcome to Mapit Marketing. I wanted to talk about this today because I've been recently working with a lot of clients who haven't got their positioning quite right for their offers and it's making quite a big problem for them as business owners. Now, there are pricing experts and specialists out there, but I really know that for some people, it's just having a quick tweak or an idea and that might fix it. So we're going to talk about how you could start thinking about whether your positioning is right and whether your pricing model is right for what you're doing. This is really important in marketing because we can't grow a business that does have, um, doesn't have good uh, income coming in or great profit because as we grow it, if it doesn't have a profitable arm or a profitable part of the business, we're growing a business that could become bankrupted. And I always remember a thing from Mike Michalowicz that said, you know, 20% of businesses, might even, he might even have said 30% of businesses are only two to three weeks away from bankruptcy at any one stage because their businesses have such low margins and don't have that kind of hold or, or protection that if something happened to them, they'd just fall down and they would die. And I don't want that to be your business. So I thought we'd share this. So I've got a couple of things I want to talk about. Um, the first one is, is around the positioning of your offer. So one of the things that people often do is they start off really low or cheap because they feel like that's what they should be charging. Um, they often don't have a good value of who they are. They need to work on some money mindset. Look, I have been here in the past myself and I've often quite struggled with it. But when we see low or cheap, it has to be something that is low on individual time and has, um, and you may have low margins, but you're going to be doing large volumes of sales. So this is not a great place to be if you are selling your time because your time is finite. And when we're selling our time, we can't sell all of our time because we need some of our time, well, for life, but we also need time to run our business, to do our admin, to do our taxes, to do our marketing, 
all those sort of things. And so if we're just focusing on those hours worked, we're going to struggle. And one of the things I often say is, you know, I see people who are charging $25 an hour for something. Do you know that if you want minimum wage in New Zealand as a contractor, it's actually $27.50 is the lowest you can go. So you're actually paying yourself below minimum wage if you're charging $25 an hour. And if you're making something and you're creating something and you're charging yourself out at $25 an hour, we have a problem with how you're perceiving yourself, but how that thing is priced. So if you are creating something by hand from scratch, if it, you're not doing it over a large period of things, or you're doing one by one bits, it should never be cheap. Um, it might be considered cheap to the, but to the person, but I mean, you should not price it low. It's only for things where there's large scale. So FMCG, fast moving consumer goods, often will have the scale of production will mean that it makes it profitable at lower margins. It's a bit cheaper, but it's because the effort that they're doing is creating for a large amount of things at the same time. Essentially, it's the same way that a coaching program for a group is going to be cheaper per person than it is for someone to work one-on-one -on -one because the same time that you would use as a coach is being divided amongst those people. It's that same kind of format. And there is a scaling area in there and there is that decision. But you also have to think about that too, is how long is it going to get you to get to the break-even point? How long is it going to take you to the profitability point? And can I afford to keep myself going through those periods of time to make it work? So that's part of that lower or cheap positioning. So let's summarize. If you are doing lots of individual time for something, um, if you are doing something where you're working on it yourself and you're paying yourself or working out the payment for to be less than either you would pay yourself minimum wage or at the very least paying someone else minimum wage with a markup for you to cover in case something happens, then we have a problem. So for example, um, if you are, if we said, okay, I'm going to make it, I don't really care about making much money, which is poor form already. I'm already getting growly with you. But, and you did it just for yourself of $27.50 an hour, then you have to think, but what happens if I can't make it? I need to get someone else in. You need to make it for them to be paid $27.50 an hour and then there'd be a markup or a buffer for you to manage that and also to maybe have to jump in and do it. So you can see already like the pricing can often be quite wrong when they fit into here. The next sort of space is that kind of, so obviously there's continuums all the way up and down, but we get to like the mid-range audience um, of, of sort of payment things around that. So that would be like a, I guess would be things like, um, you know, paying yourself $100 an hour or paying yourself 125 or whatever the thing is, because obviously these are just depending on where you are. And it's kind of working out where you sit compared to everyone else in your industry. So, for example, a VA in New Zealand is often $70, $75. So that would be what I would call the mid-range. Um, and you can still charge yourself out at $100 an hour if that's the focus and you're working on a particular thing. But mid-range is often working people one-to-one, -one, using a bit of our individual time in there. Uh, but also it's really ideal for working with groups uh, in terms of that positioning of the pricing of the offer. This is not how we work out how much we're paying ourselves, but kind of like working out that pricing. It could be one-to-one -one work, but you've got to really think about how that would work. I was working with someone this morning and she had like, I want to earn 200K and we already put her price up because it was already really low. And then I went, do you know that even with putting your price up, it's physically impossible for you to earn 200K. You're going to have to shift your pricing and your positioning 
because it's not going to fit. It's only going up to 130k, for example. So, so that is that is a problem with that. With the low or cheap, you can only do that type of of product or that type of service if you have a massive audience that you can talk to with that. So that's why books. Um, low value things like stationery, things like that, like from someone like me, they can be mass produced. So they can be cheaper because the volume means that you're just going to sell easy things or like a, a cheap course or something like that would be in there. But you have to have volume. So a lot of people that create that stuff and put it cheap, they don't have huge mailing lists. They don't have huge reach. So actually that cheap offer is just going to sit there and squander around and it was kind of a waste of time. It would be better to do a higher ticket offer at a higher value because you've got less people to find to sell it to. So the higher value we go, the smaller the audience becomes. And often it's easier, weirdly, to grow that and make profit from it, significant profit, because you don't need as much of an audience to find to get the profit from it. All right, so that's why this is working. So low, cheap, you need a massive audience. Mid-range, middle-sized audience. And then exclusive or high-end, you need a, you have a smaller audience. So the higher the money the smaller the audience is needed to get the success. So with mid-range, you know, you could be doing one-to-one. You could also have group in there. It's a very competitive space because that's where people tend to sit when they've got a little bit of money mindset, they've got a bit of value, and it's it's often skill-based pricing. So you're really thinking, how am I going to price my skills? Where do I sit in the marketplace? You're looking at what people are doing and sitting there and going, I'm just going to put myself there. It's quite a good place to start in terms of pricing. Um, often it has, pro- you have to make sure that it's still profitable. So this is where you will get those profitable margins. For a service-based business, it should be sitting at 50% gross profit over your time minimum. And for a product-based business, probably around the 30, 35 base unless you're making the product, in which case it has to be 25% cost, 75% profit. Um, So that should be like around there. And you've got a good size audience that you can target this to. And then we get further up. And the higher we go, the margins are higher. You have to have higher brand value. So people have to really trust your brand. So you have to really work on building that personal brand and that personal trust. So people go, yeah, I want to work with you. The path to customer is a lot longer. So if I've got something that's 20, like I I bought some books uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago. I spent $200 on some business books. I literally just Googled the type of books I wanted to work with. I went, yep, that looks good. That looks good. That looks good. And I bought them. With mid-range, I might want to have a look at someone's content for a while and go, okay, they're really great. I might buy this middle-range course from them. But I might, I'm an R, add it to cart for a while, think about it, and then I'm like going for it. If I'm going for that really big value coaching program or something like that, a 50k a year coaching program or or something like that, I'm going to be watching that person's content, checking their line, going to their website, maybe making a time to meet with them, having a conversation, seeing how they react as I spend some time to decide. I, I got turned off really badly about six years ago with someone who basically got really angry with me when I wasn't making a decision fast enough. And that was like, well, I'm out now. Um, and so because that didn't fit with my my own values. So I want to have like a really clear thing. I'm going to take a lot longer. A lot of my clients, I'm in the mid to exclusive range at the moment. That's where I personally sit. But I know even with the mid range, it's big for my clients who are littler, smaller clients. It's a big deal to buy from me. 
Some of them have sat in my funnels or sat and interacted with me for over three years. So you need to understand like that audience is big, but that's a big audience for me. But as I, if I, for some of my more expensive stuff, like my one-to-one coaching, by expensive, I don't mean that it costs, you know, it's not valuable because it's very valuable. But, you know, the one-to-one coaching and some of those things, it's more of a value-based pricing. It's going to be more bespoke. It's going to have less templates in it. It's going to be more time-intensive. And it can, it's going to tend to be one-to-one, but it can also be small groups, masterminds, things that are higher value. You will have tinier, you'll have high margins, but a much smaller audience to market this to. But you have to remember that for this one, you have to put lots of time and energy into building brand value for it to make work. So that's kind of like the three kind of spaces or ideas. And I'd like you to think about where do you currently sit? Are you in the, are you, is your pricing price really low, but you're not targeting to a mass audience? Something's got to shift. Are you in the mid range, uh, but you are not, you've got lots of people that are taking a long time to get to you. You might need to have a low cheap offer to get them in to pay some money on something to move them forward. You also need to continue to grow your audience because you need a bigger audience for that group. And if you've got that tiny audience, if you want that really bespoke high end thing, how are you attracting attracting them through your socials? What value are you proving to them that they will get? How are you delivering a way for them to build trust with you over a period of time? You don't have to do that so much with the low and cheap. There needs to be a little bit of that across everything. But it really is understanding what value you're going to place. And so this starts with going right back to those basics. We've talked about them before in a podcast of going, what do I want to be earning? How many hours do I want to be working? How do I want to see people value my product? Look, people can sell a branded paperclip for thousands of dollars, or you can get a bunch of them from the $2 shop. It's all about how you decide that you're going to have your product valued or your service valued. The pricing that you've got is just limited by the way you're seeing it. You do sometimes need someone to come in and go, hey, that's not right. I did that this morning. I often use that VA range with people that are in highly skilled areas. I know some of you VAs are very skilled. Don't worry, I'm I'm not having a go. But if a VA is charging around $70, $75 an hour and you're a highly skilled consultant and you're charging that, there's a red flag for me. You have to put your prices up higher because otherwise it's not fitting. If you are a social media manager and you're charging $25 an hour, red flag for me. It's not enough for me for you to say, I'm doing this because I want to provide a lower end service. That's fine. But you're paying yourself below minimum wage. Value yourself enough. And if someone can't afford to pay for it, well, they can go and do some free other things. They shouldn't be using you. You shouldn't be subsidizing their business with your stuff. So really thinking about your pricing is so important here because we really do want to make sure that we get the best pricing possible for you to grow your business. And so that's important. But your pricing does have to align with the size of audience you've got. You can't have high, high, high end margin pricing and high pricing, but try to market to a very broad audience because you're going to get a whole lot of people there that are not fitting. It's going to be really bespoke, really clear. The higher your pricing is, the more defined your audience needs to be. If you've got a really broad audience and you've got a low cheap product and you're spending lots of time on it, we have a problem. It's that time money audience mix that we're trying to get right here. And that's what you've got to think. Think about it. Is my time that is being put into the t- into this product or service correctly being paid for? That's the first part. 
is the audience I've got the right fit for what I've got? And is my offer in keeping with that? So that's the key things around in that pricing. So it's the pricing, the audience, and the time that's required. So with that, I want to also talk about the three different models you can use if you're a service-based business within this. So when we have a look at how you could price things, and I've used this with clients before, there's a three, there's just generally three ways that a service-based business can really work on how they can work on their pricing. The lowest paid type of work that you can do as a service-based business is done for you. So I've worked, I've got a couple of clients at the moment who only want to do done for you. They don't want to do coaching. They don't want to do training. And I 100% respect that. You just have to be aware there is generally a cap on done for you. Now, there are a few ups and downs with this. Um, I I try I actually personally charge an exorbitant rate to do writing compared to other people. If I have to be asked to do writing on an hourly rate, I charge two hundred ninety five dollars an hour. That is partly because one, I'm very good, I'm very experienced. Number two, I'm very fast, and I want to be priced at the speed that I write. And number three. I don't really want to have this as a core business. So I price it so that I can pick and choose who I work with and because that is the value of it. I could go up, to be honest. My writing is that good. I would do it. But I don't want to make it a core business. I have set my pricing at that. If I see someone who's charging $70 an hour, one of the things I'll often ask is, how long does it take you to do that content? Sometimes they work out to be more expensive than me because they're taking a long time. That's fine. That done for you, if you're slow, you might want to have a lower hourly rate as you get your fluency up. But if you are damn good at what you're doing, your done for you price can be whatever you believe you want to set your value at and you price it. When you're an agency, some of the some of the problems that happen in an agency is if you have got other people doing done for you for you, which is really the only way to scale because we're selling time, you have to make sure that you don't set your pricing based around your own levels of fluency. So for example, one of the mistakes I made as an agency owner early on was it doesn't take me very long to create captions. So I did a pricing model of it's going, I'm going to pay this person this much per hour. They're going to be able to do four posts in an hour because I would be able to do them in five in an hour or whatever. Um, and they didn't take, they took a lot longer. So we've immediately got a problem. Um, or it could be that you have someone who's really good at what they do. So I was working with an agency earlier on the year. They had like a total gun designer. Um, and I said, you know, the pricing around that seems a bit cheaper. They said, oh, no, this guy's really good. He's really quick. He's really able. What happens if that person leaves? And your pricing has been set up for that. You need to price things on an average length of time or an average quality or length of what you're doing as opposed to a particular person assigning it to a particular person. But done for you can only scale if we get more people in. And then you have to have someone who's really focused on selling to grow and build that business and make sure that it's working really well together. You also have to have really great systems to get people staying and retaining to keep that done for you model working. And if you're using retainer-based things, you have to make sure there's margin in there for working with the account manager and management. And it's really interesting. So we had a done for you business and we used to be very transparent about it. We didn't have retainers. So we'd go though, we have an account manager and this is how you'd work with them. And we charge per hour. And one of the things that was fascinating was people getting really angry when they had spent like a month and we'd remind them, hey, every time you email us, we're going to charge for it. 
and they'd have like five hours of account management. They'd be like, whoa, I don't want to pay for that. But it's because they we were working on, they didn't want to have a retainer model where that stuff is padded and stretched out across time and, and averaged out. It was a done for you per hour. We were logging all the time going backwards and forwards that they were using with us to ask questions and, and all those sort of things. And so done for you, you need to make sure that your hourly rate is correct. You need to make sure there's margin for you as a business owner and to make sure that other people are doing it. If you've got a whiz-bang person in your group, do not price on their speed and their fluency. Make sure you're pricing it on the overall average for fluency and make sure those margins are great because you need to be being paid for them to be doing their work as well as for you. I made mistakes on this, believe me, I am... I know where I went wrong and we fixed it, but it was hard work and I definitely undervalued how I did it. The next kind of stage, which we sit in, we sit in the done with you. We do a bit of done for you. We do some Zoho and active campaign stuff, a little bit of Facebook ads, but we mainly work with done with you and the you do I guide stages. And I want to talk about these two. So there's nothing wrong with sticking with just a done for you. You can have a successful agency, a successful business, just doing done for you if that's what you want to do. I don't want anyone to feel that they have to go into coaching and training if they don't want to do it. But you can also do done with you. And one of the big mistakes I see with business owners who are in this place is they charge the same amount of money for done with you as they do for done for you. Done with you is training. Once they have been trained, they won't need to do it with you again. So you are charging them what you would do to do with you And once they've done it, they won't need you again. They will fire you. It needs to be at a higher value level. So I was watching, I saw someone in a Facebook group today and he was charging for done with you where I do it with you alongside you and train you. He was charging less per hour than most agencies would for done for you. So that's red flag around his pricing for me. I love checking on people's pricing. Done with you is better because it's scalable. You can do it one-to-one. You can also do it in small groups. If you have the capacity and ability to do that, you could run workshops. Uh, it does require more energy to get people in because you don't tend to have people for as long a period of time unless you're running a coaching program. And so that would be the next level. That's where I would call a marketing strategist, uh, someone that is a coach where you're doing sessions together. So it's my one-on-one work would be in that space. Uh, and that would be where I feel is like the next level up. The third one, which is essentially as much more scalable, would be the you do and I guide stage, where you're giving the responsibility over to the people that are in your group, the businesses that are there, and you are coaching with a bit of training, but coaching with them to help do that. And that is so much more scalable. It's also higher value in terms of what you're doing, in terms of um, even with one-to-one. So that is the highest level is where they are doing the work, you are guiding them through the process, you may do some training, you may do some coaching through that, but that is the highest level there. And it has to be the highest level of pricing because that one there is going to completely release them from needing to come back with you again once they're on their way and they're growing, it's done. You can also make this very cost effective if you do it in a group by spreading that high level of cost of what my guidance will be across that period which we talked about before with that price positioning where you might have something that costs mid-range but is actually a premium product but essentially they're just getting it for a cheaper price because you're spreading the cost across all the participants which is what I do with my coaching program that is very much a middle of the range product 
but because we're doing a group at a time, they're getting premium content, premium um, help, premium coaching, but they're spreading the cross, cost amongst themselves. So have a think about how you would do things as a service-based business. Are you just a done-for-you business? If you want to sit there, you can, but make sure your pricing reflects your ability to make profit, make sure it's got the pricing worked out correctly to the right hours, make sure you've got buffer in there, make sure you've got all those account management and managing the client and the sales process and all those sort of things included in the sales pricing. If you've got a done with you model, make sure that you're charging considerably more for that than you would for a done for you model. So your training prices need to be higher. Your um, consultancy prices need to be higher than you're done for you. That's one of the big mistakes. I was talking to an agency earlier in the year, and that was one of the things we fixed was they're done with you inside the office coming and consulting. They were charging the same hourly rate as they were for their doing. No, it's a different thing. It's got a high level of risk for you as the consultant as well. You know, you're advising into the business. It's got a higher level of value because it has a higher level of risk. So that has to come up and be higher. And then that last model is you do and I guide, which is that top level. And so you can have a mix of these. I personally think all three is very confusing for my brain. We do all three, but only because Rod tends to do the done for you side. That's how he works. He does that and done with you. That's his two things. And I do done with you and you do I guide, except for that extraneous every now and again, do some writing stuff. But even that I now do done with you, um, which is my favorite way to write now is I will book a session with a client and we will write their brand story together in the session. I like the um, I like the tension of having to get it done and doing it live. I enjoy doing that. I don't enjoy writing for someone without doing that anymore. So so probably my things really are done with you and you do I guide. Have a think. Where do you fit? Are you a done for you person? Are you a done with you person? Are you a you do I guide person? Are you positioning your offer right? Are you, have you off positioned it too low or cheap? Are you at mid-range, but you just need to kind of work out how to get more of your people in? Have you priced it correctly for growth? If you've got other people in your team, if you price for that. And then if you've got that bespoke exclusive pricing, have you got the brand that matches that so people are going to want to come to you? Because if you don't, something's got to change. I hope you found some things in here that you can do for your business to get this model right. Coming out of today, your task, should you choose to accept it, is to have a really good look at your pricing this week. Have you remembered to factor in for your time? Have you made sure that whatever you're delivering and the value it is matches the size of the audience, the individual time you need, and the value of the thing that you're selling? It's so important for us to do that. Plus, the higher level your brand is going to be, the higher level your branding needs to be. If you are doing high ticket expensive items, you need to have a brand that is consistently telling the same messaging as the message you're going to have with your clients. There's often a longer lead cycle. You have to take that into account. The cheaper it is, the quicker it is for someone to decide if it's positioned right. Obviously, if you're getting people taking a long time to decide, that's a whole other matter. For a cheap product but generally cheaper it is the quicker the decision it's a different type of model so you need to work out are you charging for your time have you got a model that's for the masses for the middle-sized audience or the very small ideal tiny audience and has your price been set to match that 
This is how we work out our profitability, guys. This is part of it. Plus, also think about whether you are going to be a done for you, done with you, or you do an I guide type of business or have a mix of those things and how that would work. Lots of things to think about. Let me know what you do. Uh, come into the Mapit Marketing Group and let me know there. And next week, we've got a guest helping you with your business. Have a great week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.